Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hands and give him thanks. So grateful to him. Thankful heart tonight. We give you thanks, Lord. Oh, you're so faithful. In saying that, we just remind ourselves that he is so faithful. The only way we can respond in faithfulness is he's first faithful. This really never has been about our strengths and our abilities. It's been about his faithfulness. We thank you for the grace that you put upon us to be faithful. We thank you, Lord, for the grace you put upon us that our eyes could be opened in this hour to see. We thank you for the eyes to see. We thank you for ears that have been opened supernaturally to hear. We hear a sound, Lord. You're releasing a sound out of heaven. We're hearing it and we're so grateful for the grace to be awake. Thank you, Lord, that you pulled us out of slumber. You pulled us out of sleeping drawn us to abide in you God we have been faithfully grafted in to the vine of life the vine of heaven we are absolutely grateful God thank you Lord that you're so good you've caused us to be awake thank you Lord that our hearts could be dead before you but yet they've been awakened and burning with fire it's by your grace that you've kept us. It's by your grace. Lord, just lift your hands and give him thanks for his goodness. We could be dead in our sins, but yet his mercy and his grace. We could be hopelessly lost and deceived, if not for his grace and his mercy. Oh, there's a revelation of his blood that's coming over our land. The awakening of the better blood. The blood that speaks a better word. I'm so thankful for the propitiation of sin. The removal of sin. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's breaking the curse off the land. The sacrifice that was required. Father, you brought the sacrifice faithful God you showed us in the shadow of Abraham the type and shadow what it is to lay down the sun we're so grateful come on let's just lift our hands and say how grateful we are to him if it wasn't for his grace and for his mercy where would I be This is, this is warfare, thankfulness, gratefulness. You want to push back darkness? Lift a voice of thanks and gratefulness to Him. If it wasn't for His mercy, where would we be? Oh, I just feel something on that. Brother Marcus, if you could just release that thankful sound. I, I feel like the Lord says, if we'll do it, we will, we will push back a curtain of darkness over this region, even right now. Lifting thankful hearts to Him. Let's just worship for a few minutes and thank Him for His grace, His pursuit of us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Lord. Let's we just say thank you to you, Father. We call you the divine initiator of all that we know. We couldn't be saved if you hadn't initiated the knocking on the door of our hearts. We couldn't move into our destinies if you didn't initiate the movement in our lives. Lord. And 
you're stirring your people right now the coming wave of your spirit the third wave of revival and awakening over America we thank you that the high place of Colorado has been divinely positioned upon your heart the high place that you are strategically pursuing right now and we prophesy over our region the region the state of Colorado that the awakening has begun you are actively pursuing pastors leaders wives husbands and children that have not discerned the hour you're awakening us even right now you're initiating our state to be caught up in the glory realm thank you for that Lord on Monday I'm going to give you some strategic prophetic word that the Lord's been speaking we were in the back room praying the fear of the Lord just began to set on us back there of what the Lord is saying a little bit of context again of purposes of these nights on the last Wednesday of every of every month is going to be for the purpose of solely pursuing the region but on these nights on the other Wednesday nights we ask Holy Spirit what he wants to do and it's there was an agreement in the back room that because of something that the Lord initiated even on Monday that we are going to contend over the house tonight and over those that are here and over this house and also remember the prophetic in the spirit of what happens here begins to break out into a 120 mile radius so we're gonna we're going after the region tonight and we're really focusing on the rock that the Lord is releasing an anointing to finish strong in the month of July the Lord has been speaking very clearly that this is an aligning month that there's something tremendously significant on the eighth month the month of new beginnings that the month of August is going to be a time of awe and release Many notable prophets that I greatly trust have been speaking about coming into the November month, times of great pressure, but also times of great glory coming upon the church. I believe right now that God is positioning his people, and we're going to see the greatest release of anointing and breakthroughs, and what he has been speaking about the seventh month is coming such high levels, portions of release of grace. I've said for years, I wish we could rename the word grace. It just seems such a soft word for what it does. Reminds me of a kind of a gray-haired old lady named Grace. (laughs) But the word that the Lord has been speaking that I'm about to release a great grace upon my people. There has been such a sense that the church is about to come out of a 30-year lull where there's been a lack of deliverance, a lack of power, a lack of unusual signs and wonders, where there's been a groaning in the church again to see the miracles, to see the instant deliverances that is able to set families in order, that there would be such a breakthrough over the mind and hearts of people that have been wrestling deliverances in schizophrenia and and mental disorders, that there's coming such a breakthrough in the church And the Lord has been speaking that right now the church is about to get its greatest traction. And on Monday, he began to speak to me out of 2 Samuel 5. And the fear of the Lord came upon me. But before I say that, I want to release what's happening right now. There is a grace to behold the Lord. It's coming upon us, and we need to grab a hold of it by faith. Daniel 7, verse 9. Daniel had just been afflicted by four visions of beasts that they have a... They're bent on destroying the earth. They're bent on destroying mankind. You can imagine the overwhelming nature that Daniel is in. And all of a sudden, heaven breaks in on this moment. And heaven's, the throne room, is revealed to Daniel. Out of this tremendous pressure of what he's seeing in in the spirit of this dreadfulness. And that's what God is giving us of grace. 7 verse 9 it says and I watched so all of a sudden Daniel's heart was gripped and caught up into a third heaven experience I watched until thrones were put in place the ancient of days was seated and his garment was white as snow and the hair upon his head was pure wool his throne was a fiery flame his wheels a burning fire 
church is about to experience the fire of his presence that we've been crying out for for decades. We have been on the outer realm of his fire. We're being brought into the center place of the hot burning of his throne. There's a fire that's coming upon the church that we have been asking God to come for four decades. God, release the fire of your presence upon us. I had a wild manifestation two weeks ago where my, the core, it, it, it was touching my spine, an uncomfortable burning. It wasn't in my belly. It was right here and was up against my spine for over an hour. And the Lord said, I'm releasing my fire. For there's a fiery stream that issued and it came forth from before him. There were a thousand thousands that ministered to him. Ten thousands times ten thousands stood before him. It sounds like Revelation 5. For the court was seated and the books were open. Second Samuel 5. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to kind of quickly say this. That the Lord was speaking on Monday. In 2 Samuel 5, all of a sudden, David found himself with tremendous breakthrough. He had been years of even stewarding and shepherding, I think seven years over Hebron. The warfare to get to that place of breakthrough over one tribe, and then seven years from Hebron into Jerusalem. And in one moment, through all this conspiracy, all of a sudden, such traction and breakthrough was given to David. And the 11 tribes came to him. They said, would you shepherd over us? Would you lead us? And then Hiram came to him and said, I'm going to build you a house. There was favor that came upon him. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to intercede tonight over our own hearts. We're going to intercede over this house because the Lord said, I am causing breakthrough over people that have been in a drought for 20 years. They have not been able to get breakthrough for 14 years. I'm causing such traction in the spirit and such favor. So Hiram built him a house. And David began to move towards Jerusalem. And in the moment, the Philistines heard that David was anointed king. And the Lord said, I want you to tell the people that the enemy has seen the anointing come upon my people. There is a, something happening in the spirit. And it even happened in the back room over Tracy. A release of mantles over Tracy, over his voice, another level that was coming. And the Lord says, take heed. I'm causing my church to come in to break through, but the enemy is about to pursue, and it's not meant for the downfall, it's meant for the promotion. But release prayer, begin to pray that even as Samson was given traction, all of a sudden Delilah began to pursue. To send forth the word, to send forth the sound tonight that we're going to pray that we would finish in this season. And the humility and the abiding. Tonight, all the worship has been about the abiding of the Lord. And that's what preserved David. In the moment the Philistines came to pressure him, David did not take for granted the season of breakthrough. And he didn't move out with foolishness or arrogance. He humbled himself before the Lord and inquired, Lord, how would you have me to go? Would you have me to go against the Philistines? And the Lord says, I want you to go up. And then the Lord says, now watch again the second time the enemy is going to try to pursue again. Now listen about warnings. Sometimes they come two weeks in advance. Sometimes we think that the Lord gives us a word it's going to happen the very next day. And sometimes there's a delay of two or three weeks. This is why it's required that we wait upon the Lord and we get into his presence with the abiding anointing. Amen. And they came again at him. And David humbled himself. He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? He stilled himself with the abiding. And the Lord says, I don't want you to come at them in the front. I want you to circle around back. And then I'm going to release a breakthrough out of heaven. You will hear a sound come out of heaven and it will burst through the trees. And when you hear that sound, advance. Rock, listen to me. Some of us in this room have been believing and have been having vision for such breakthrough. And on Monday, the Lord said, I'm about to release businesses. I'm about to release new mantles, new anointings. But with it is going to come a pressure where the enemy is saying, I'm okay with you being in Hebron, only shepherding over one portion of your assignment. But if you want to go into Jerusalem, you're going to get resistance. And the Lord says, the resistance is coming for you to possess all the gates of your enemy. And in that second attack, 
David humbled himself. They began to win. And between two cities, it says that David pushed them 15 miles out of that city into another city. And God said, I'm about to cause my people to pursue and to rout their enemies. And then it says that the Philistines left all of their images, their graven images on the ground, which was all their gold and silver. Because they invested all their money into their gods. And left them on the ground, all the wealth, and they fled. I want to just release this out of Revelation 5. It's, I'm sorry, out of Revelation 1. There is such an anointing right now. And every time Marcus has been releasing the sound of the blood, there is such a revelation right now over our state about the blood. The blood of Jesus. And I saw this the other day. It gripped me out of Revelation 1. For the revelation of Jesus Christ. When I saw that, the revelation of Jesus Christ. I heard the Lord said, I'm about to reveal my son all over this day. I am going to reveal my son. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth who mourn because of him. Even so, amen. For I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. I am the Almighty. Then John turned. He said, I saw I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, who you see, write it in a book. And then I turned to see the voice speaking to me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to his feet, girded about the chest of a golden hand. The breakthrough that's coming, the revival coming to our land, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. His head and his hair were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes were a flame of fire his feet were like fine brass refined in a furnace and his voice was the sound of many waters he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength and when i saw him i fell at his feet as dead but he laid his hand upon me this is john the beloved who had rested his head upon Jesus as he was the lamb. Now Jesus is returning as the conquering king. And John has a difficulty to recognize him because of all of his splendor and his power. So we declare Jesus, we declare your revelation over this day. We declare your revelation in the name of Jesus. I just want to prophesy. Listen, in fact, I, I do. I feel a little bit of resistance. I I feel like this is on the money on Sunday morning. I heard this. Take a stand against Delilah. For I'm giving Samson great authority and power. And I begin to intercede over this house and over my own life and my family. Lord, I begin to prophesy. I declare we will finish strong. We will stand. We will have breakthrough. God is not just after you. He's after your whole bloodline. This third wave of the spirit that's coming upon our nation and upon Colorado, God is going to redeem everything. And I felt the Lord was speaking to me. Some of your sons and daughters in this last season who have found themselves tricked, deceived, and weary. The Lord says in one encounter, I'm about to release encounters upon your homes. In one encounter, I will enrapture your son and daughter who have found their hearts deceived. I will catch them up and break them free in the name of Jesus. But understand this, the Lord said, I want tonight, we're going to position ourselves in the anointing to abide. For so long, the church is focused on the anointing for empowerment. God, empower me, fill me with power, fill me with your word. We don't stand before the Lord on that day and give an account for the empowering anointing. Matthew 7 teaches that for I cast out devils in your name. I heal the sick in your name. Depart from me. We, we stand before the Lord. He says, because you practice lawlessness and depart from me, for I don't even know you. We stand before the Lord with the abiding anointing. To abide in his presence. You see, that anointing is not transferable. That's anointing between you and the Father. To abide in his presence. So in the name of Jesus, it's declared that when a thief has been found out, when the thief's been found out, they have to flee seven ways. So over the rock tonight, we prophesy 
and declare over every man, woman, and child that we are going to finish strong. We declare a releasing of the grace of God for the abiding anointing to abide, to abide. Now I want you to know this. I presented this to your pastor and he asked me to share this, what I'm sharing with you right now because of the nature of it. Prayer meetings are not just to be about babbling prayers. They are meant to be prophetic and spirit-led. And when the Holy Spirit lifts up his voice, he says, declare this, read that, and release this. It's because the Holy Spirit is equipping the Davids of this house to possess the land. And as David overcame the two attacks of the Philistines, he made his way for Jerusalem. And the ones that were left in Jerusalem were the Jebusites, who Gideon left in the city because he was deceived by the Jebusites and built a false covenant with them. And then the Jebusites shouted down at David, you're not coming into this city for the, even the lame and the blind will repel you. There was a mocking spirit. And the Lord says the mocking spirit that would try to come against you in the weeks to come. God says you lower your head and you say nevertheless. And you possess the gates that God has given to you. So we prophesy over every house in here. We will remain in absolute humility before the Lord. We will not step until you tell us to step. We will not move until you say to move. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over distractions that would distract us from the prize. I want to tell you this. God is about to bring you into your promised land. Lift up your eyes and behold your Jerusalem. David said, who will take this city? And Joab pursued through the water shaft. And all of Jerusalem was taken captive by David. And he possessed Jerusalem, the greatest king of Israel, and ruled over it for 33 years. It's either 33 or 37 years. So we declare in the weeks to come, as we're coming into the month of August, we declare this transitional season out of the seasons of lack and brokenness and unable to get traction and confusion. In this month, we receive a grace to pray, a grace to go low, a grace for tears, a grace to pray like we have never had before, that we would humble ourselves before you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands. And we're going to pray into this tonight. You might just need to soak in it tonight. But the worship team is already releasing the sound of abide. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that there is one who has been found worthy. Jesus. Just gaze upon Jesus. Revelation 5, when the Father holds up the scroll and He announces in heaven and on earth, is there anyone worthy to open this scroll and to loose its seven seals? And there was a weeping in heaven. Jesus stands up and says, I am worthy. And He opened the scroll and broke its seals. Jesus, we declare Your greatness. Your greatness in this house. Jesus, your name is being exalted and lifted up. We declare the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We take delight in the fear of the Lord. We take delight in the reverence of your name, Jesus. I was um, here about a month ago, and uh, I don't think Sean would mind. I was having a conversation with Sean Mulholland from Worship Mob, and I felt it was right here. And it felt like, as we were talking, like the spirit of wisdom and revelation fell on us. It was just like, really knew it was God. But he was just sharing that um, the Lord had told him, and I knew Marcus would really appreciate this. Um, the Lord said to him, I want to lead worship. And he was perplexed because he was like, you want to lead worship to worship you. You want to worship you? Like, you know. And, and, um, and then what the Lord said to us as we were talking is that um, he, 
it's almost like worship is the wrong word. Um, we think of worshiping God, but the vision was that God wants, we love because he first loved us. So our number one job is to receive his love and then to give him love. And then he loves us and we love him. And there was this abiding oneness of, of God leading worship, but not leading worship. God leading, loving us and us responding in just loving him. And the whole thing just swirling or spiraling into this, into this just love abiding oneness, which is all through scripture. I mean, in Christ, in Christ, in him, abide in him. I mean, there's so many scriptures and so I'll just pray it. And then I feel like maybe we should just, with that perspective, worship more, but receive his love and then just respond in loving him. Papa, I just thank you so much. We thank you so much, God, for loving us. God, your love is incomprehensible. We can't even grasp it. It is so wonderful and beyond understanding. But God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would give us a revelation of your unfailing, unfathomable love, God. That we would become good receivers, God. You say that we love because you first loved us. We ask that you would help us tonight, here and now, to receive your love in a way maybe that we've never received it before. That every cell in our body would just be rejuvenated by the profound love of the Holy God because of the blood of Jesus. For there's nothing in us, God, that is worthy, but in Christ we are worthy. What a mystery. And God, I ask as we receive your love that our hearts would just leap with a profound level of worshiping you beyond anything we've ever done before. God, that this revelation of wisdom and would just come upon us of who you are, who we're worshiping, and that we would enter into you and become one in this picture of the bride that's prevalent from when you created us to the wedding feast of the Lamb, God, that this abiding oneness time of worshiping you and receiving your love and worshiping you, that you would just take over and that we wouldn't just be praying for abiding or asking for a revelation of abiding, but we would enter in to abiding you would encounter us with true abiding. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Have your way. Teach us this new model of, if you call it worship, that you were showing Sean. Show us this oneness, this abiding that's beyond what we can comprehend. Do it, Papa, we pray. Hey, we got a live mic now, great. We got a live mic right here. When I woke up Sunday morning, I heard the Lord say, resist distraction. And anytime I hear something like that, like the word distraction or any other word that would take me away from the affection of God, I, I immediately go to what is the opposite of that? The opposite of distraction is laser focus on Jesus. It's just what we were worshiping earlier. Seek first the kingdom in all things. Seek first with laser focus. The Lord took me, and I shared a little bit of this at Preservers Prayer on Sunday, but in Nehemiah 6, there's opposition in the rebuilding of the wall. And it says that Nehemiah had put up the gates, but he had not hung the doors yet. How many of you know that when we leave a door open, that it's really easy for things to creep in, like distraction? And that's exactly what happened. It says, Salabat and Geshem sent me this message. This is Nehemiah speaking. 
Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent the messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? They were trying to distract Nehemiah. It goes on to say that they did that four different times with the same messenger. And he gave him the same answer every single time. The fifth time they sent an unsealed letter, and this is what it said. It said, it is reported among the nations in Geshem, says it is true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king and have been appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us confer together. Nehemiah says this, I sent him this reply. Nothing like that you are saying is happening. You are just trying to make it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us. How many of you know that when you get into a frightened place or carry the spirit of fear, that it's really easy for distraction to come in? When we keep laser focused, it says when we find freedom, you know, the word of God says this, when we find freedom, when we find breakthrough, and we actually get on the other side, you're supposed to be discipled, you're supposed to be poured into, because if the enemy comes into the vessel, back through the back door sometimes, or through the door that may be not even be on the gate, <laughs> that he'll actually find the house clean, and it'll be worse than it was before. Here's the thing. It goes on to say this. Their hands, right after that, it says they were all trying, they were trying to frighten us, trying to distract us. Their hands will get too weak. This is what they're thinking by getting them distracted. Their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. I would propose this, that a distraction of the enemy, whatever it may be, actually weakens our hands for the work of the Lord. It actually weakens the place of authority and power that God's given us to do what he's called us to do. You know, distraction is like kryptonite to the heroes of the faith. Think about David. When David got distracted by Bathsheba, what happened? Didn't turn out so well. How about Solomon who only asked for wisdom? That's all he asked for was wisdom. But he got distracted as well. But the lust of the flesh and the lust of money and things and treasures and I would propose that we have laser focus. Seek first the kingdom. Seeking Jesus. So that we could be maybe like Daniel that told Nebuchadnezzar along with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, we will not bow to you. We will only have eyes for the Lord. And even when the three were being put in the fire, we will be delivered. But even if we are not, we still stand on our word that we will not bow to you. How about Elijah for laser focus? Going to Mount Carmel. Only for God to be answered by fire. I love that song that you were singing earlier, Marcus. That was amazing. He said, our God will answer by fire. He wasn't dissuaded. He wasn't distracted. He was none of those things. He, he actually was so confident in his Lord and undistracted that he started to mock the, the Baal prophets as they started to cut themselves and tried to, to get their God's attention. I just want to encourage you tonight. As Dan was speaking that earlier, there is, there's a new sound coming. There's a prophetic, a new prophetic sound coming to the church. It's going to build up. It's going to exalt. 
It's going to strengthen the hands of the body for the work that is to be done. So Monday night, I'll be a little vulnerable. Monday night, I had one of the worst nights I'd had since I could ever remember. The enemy was just coming at me from every angle. I had issues with my eyes. I never have issues with my eyes normally. I just, I was up and down all night long. And I woke up, you know those mornings where you wake up and it's just like, eh. I remember getting into the office here and I just looked at my computer and I said, God, I can't do this alone. And he took me on a journey. I just started weeping in my office. I just wept and I wept and I wept. Between that moment and right now has been some of the greatest breakthrough that I have seen in some time. I'm telling you, through some of the most ferocious attacks of the enemy, we know this to be true, come some of the greatest breakthroughs. And it's just what Dan spoke. The spirit of breakthrough is here. It's arrived and it's just waiting for our yes and an open heart so that we can be delivered, we can be, we can have breakthrough, we can, in our, in our families. I, I felt this too. When the Lord spoke that and he said, resist, um, re, uh, resist distraction on Sunday morning, I felt this so heavily as well, that there's a distraction and an attack coming to families. I don't know why, but I feel like the institution of marriage and the institution of family is under attack. As Dan even spoke that, that July is a setup for what's to come in the new beginning of the eighth month, August. God, I pray right now that we would have eyes for you and only eyes for you. That we would seek your face. That we would seek first your kingdom, Lord. That we wouldn't be worried, we wouldn't be fear-filled, we wouldn't be anxiety-filled, but Lord, we would keep our eyes on you. For it's perfect love that casts out fear. It's perfect love that casts out anxiety and the things of life and the distractions of life. So Lord, I do, I just prophesy that over the church. The spirit of breakthrough is upon us. The spirit of breakthrough is upon us. The spirit of breakthrough rests upon you. Distraction is the kryptonite to the heroes of the faith. Guess who the heroes of the faith are in this hour and in this TV show? They're right here. They're right here in this sanctuary. They're right here in this region. They're right here in this this nation and around the globe. Be encouraged tonight. Just be encouraged tonight that the spirit of breakthrough is coming. If you need breakthrough, I just feel this. I don't know. After we're done, I want to go back into worship, but I, I feel like whoever you are, if you've, been, if you've been praying, if you've been interceding, contending for breakthrough, I want to pray for you. So Lord, we do. We thank you for it. We bless you. We love you. God, we welcome it. We thank you for the fire from heaven invading this place. Just have a couple more minutes. This is so good. As we've been in this time of prayer and fasting, it's such a such a sweet time of just getting downloads, getting greater understanding. It's also can be a hard time because uh, you just feel weak. You, you don't have a lot of strength, and it's these times where you're like, Lord, I just I need your strength. Um, we're in day two. I don't know if you saw my email, but just felt like we're, we're going to press in for a third day. Uh, the reason for me is, and I just kind of put the challenge out there, you don't have to go for a third day. I know we've been in two days of fasting. But in the third day, I feel like there's always, at least in my experience, is where there's the breakthrough, where there's clarity that comes, where there's revelation that comes. 
I don't know why. It's not in the second day. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to go through two days and then miss the third day. <laughs> I'm already two days in. I'm like, I want to I wanna experience these breakthroughs. But I just want to talk for just a second here to reiterate and kind of recap, I think, some things that just to highlight what was spoken tonight. I feel like there were some prophetic things spoken about what the Lord's going to do, uh, both individually in lives, but also corporately, uh, even over the rock, that there is there are some breakthroughs coming. There's a, just some greater authority, some things of, that the Lord is going to release. And, uh, and in the moment that even Dan was just releasing these things, talking about these things as we were in the back room, I just felt that, that fear of the Lord come on me because I've, I've seen too many that in their breakthrough is where they failed. It's often, it's often the battle after the victory, uh, the little battle after the big victory that we see people fall. It's the scripture in 1 Corinthians 10 where it says, when you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The times that you think you're standing strong is right after victory. And, and I just felt that caution of the Lord that, that in the times when the Lord is moving and we see great victories happen, that it doesn't drive us to a place of now we've got this, but it drives us to a greater place of, Lord, we can't do this without you. I never want to be off my knees in, in, the, like in the spiritual sense. Because uh, if you're standing up, the fall hurts a lot more, especially as you get older. When you're you know, five years old and you fall, it's like, you're back up. Man, when you fall now, it's like, oh, everything hurts. <laughs> you probably break something, who knows? Like, but when you're on your knees, if you do fall, it's not nearly as painful. And it's this place of humility. It's those that, that walk in humility says, I'm going to lift you up. But pride comes before the fall. I just want to say it is a season right now. It's a time as, as, that as we're, we're going to experience more of the breakthroughs, that we need to spend more time on our knees. We need to spend more time seeking the Lord. We need to spend more time fasting and praying. That the, the greater authority that we walk in, the greater place that he brings us to means we need to spend even more time on our knees. We need to stay so humble before him. I can't stress it enough. I, I feel like, like the Lord, sometimes he holds back the breakthrough, not because he doesn't want to release a breakthrough, but because he wants your heart in the right position before you get the breakthrough. Because if you get the breakthrough with, with your heart out of position, it's going to cause you to stumble. There's Kairos times where he's like, it's, it's, there's a, the alignment of the heart which brings us into the breakthrough. And so sometimes it's like, I don't even want to pray for the breakthrough. I just want to pray for my heart to be fully aligned with him. He'll bring the breakthrough. His desire is to bring breakthrough. What he's looking for is hearts that are humble, turned towards him. He's looking for those that are abiding in him, resting in him strengthened by him, hearts that are guarded. Breakthrough will come. Sometimes we focus on the results more than on the position of our heart. And I just want to say, in these times, focus on the position of your heart. Consider your ways. I was in Haggai 1 and 2 the other day. and This is right after they get the breakthrough. They get their, their release from captivity. And for seven, they've been crying out to the Lord. They get released from captivity. And then for like 16 and a half years, what do they do? They stop crying out for the Lord and they start focusing on building their own stuff, their own houses, their own, their own fields, getting everything, trying to get everything in place. And the Lord says, stop it. Consider your ways. Put me first. Build on my foundation." And after 16 and a half years of trying to figure it out, and it says they would, they would make money only to put it in their purses, and their purses had holes in it. The Lord actually didn't bless the things they did. He cursed them. Not because he didn't love them, 
but because their hearts weren't turned towards him. And so I, this, isn't a, this isn't a coming against anyone here. I, I feel like our hearts are turned towards him. But I also feel that caution that as breakthroughs come in this season, as we come into this new beginning season in August, as we, as we come into an alignment, that it, it, it doesn't take us out of, we don't have to fast and pray anymore. We don't have to cry out to the Lord anymore. No, let it be the very thing that drives us to our knees even more, that we cry out for him even more that there's a greater dependence upon him. I just want to read one scripture, and then let's just, we'll close in worship here. Uh, we're just in it in the back room, and actually, it's a few scriptures in one set, but <laughs> John 15, it's all about the abiding. Uh, let me just start it in verse 9. It says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if a man remains in me, and I in him, then it says, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, if you do not stay in that place, and it's not just a one-time thing, if you do not remain in that place, it says you'll do nothing. You'll have no impact. You'll, you'll have no fruit. You might think you're doing something, but you're going to look back and realize, ah, that was fruitless. It's only in the abiding that there's fruit. And then jumping down to verse 7, it says this. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. And that word words, that's the, that's the word rhema words. So it means it's the, it's the word of the Lord for the time that you're in. Is what I shared on Sunday a little bit about the sword of the spirit. That sword is the rhema word of God. That sword is our abiding in him. That, that we don't have a sword if we don't abide in Him, if we do not hear the word of the Lord, we have no sword. We have no way to take, a, take authority. We have no way to take territory if we're not abiding in Him and hearing the word of the Lord. Jesus says this in, John, in uh, Matthew 4. He says, uh, let's, I'll just, he says this. He's, he's being tempted in the wilderness. Satan's tempting him. And he, and, he, and he quotes Deuteronomy. He says, man does not live by bread alone. But here's what man lives by. It says, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That word, word, it's the same word, rhema. It's the rhema word. So we live by, we abide in the word of the Lord, which means that we have to be so humble at all times. So the moment we have breakthrough, what we do is we inquire of the Lord. That's what, that's what uh, Dan was talking about. Back to back, those battles against the, uh, the Philistines. He, he was just brought into that place of king over Israel. A lot of times what would happen as you're coming to that place of I'm the king, I'm the guy, what happens is you come into a place of pride. I love David's heart. It says that he had a heart after the Lord. Why? Because he stayed humble. And what did he do when the Philistines came against him? He didn't go, oh, we got this. He inquired of the Lord. He sought out the Lord. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to fight? Do you want me to come back? How do you want me to do this? And the Lord gave him clear direction. What's amazing is you'll see these back to back. The very same thing happened again. And again, I think our mindset would be like, oh, we, that just happened. I inquired of the Lord the first time. He told me what to do. I got it this time. Lord, I, I know what to do. But he didn't do that. He's so humble. That he's like, Lord, Lord, what do I do now? And the Lord gave him a completely different plan. We're in a time where we have to stay so humble. We need to hear his voice constantly. We need to abide in him. So, Lord, I just ask right now, I can't stress it enough. Lord, I thank you for the breakthroughs that you're going to do in our lives. But, Lord, may we fear you in all things. Yeah, one other scripture I just felt. It's uh, uh, Isaiah 11. It's a seven spirits. It talks about the fear 
actually, let me just, I'm, I'm speaking this not just because it's a cool thing to speak right now. I, f- I feel like I'm sp- this is, get this in your heart, prepare your heart. Because things, it's just as, as Dan was saying, it's like, these things are coming. There's great breakthroughs coming. May we guard our hearts. May we, <laughs> it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And here in, in Isaiah 11, it says, it says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. It's talking about the branch, Jesus. But it's also for us. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These are the seven spirits in, in, in Isaiah 11. But here's the part that just hit me. It says, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. There's something so powerful about that, that great humility. Of all the things, he could have delighted in wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge. No, he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So, Lord, I just ask right now, as we leave this place, as we finish with just a song of, of worship to you, of coming before you, Teach us to abide in you. By your spirit, lead us into that place where where we long for you. Where every breath we take, that we want to breathe you in. We want our eyes on you. We want to be on our knees before you, crying out to you, seeking your face. In the good times and in the bad. And Lord, even if we never experience the breakthrough, even if we never experience the, just the, the glory of God, the, the radical, like the, the, the times of revival, I just, I heard the Lord asking me this. If you never experience my glory and my breakthrough, will you still abide in me? Will you still trust in me? Will you still worship me? And my heart was just like, yes, Lord. I don't do it to get a response. I do it because my love for you, because you first loved me. So no matter what happens, in the breakthroughs and without the breakthroughs, our response is, yes, Lord. We will abide in you. We will humble ourselves before you. We will worship you. We will be obedient to your commands till the day we leave this earth. We will stand firm. We will stand strong. We will put our trust in you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name. Let's just finish with the song of worship.